Yeah, let's uh, let's get ourselves started. It's really something. This uh, Groundhog Day of uh, police interactions with uh, aggressive people is really going round and round and round <laughs> the bend. So we're going to go over a lot of stuff tonight. I'm going to go fairly, fairly quickly. And I uh, just wanted to say, of course, uh, thanks enormously for everyone's support, everyone's enthusiasm for this conversation. Uh, it is a great honor for you to trust me with the world events such as I pass them along. And thank you, everyone, so much, of course, who is uh, supporting the show. You can do so. There's a link at the bottom, freedomain.com forward slash donate. I hugely, hugely appreciate it. So without further ado, let's, uh, let's dive in. There's going to be some harsh footage here, but I'll keep the audio off. So let's look at the mainstream view of this Atlanta a shooting. This is from Yahoo today, and it says an Atlanta police officer was fired following the fatal shooting of a black man and another officer. Another officer was placed on administrative duty, the police department announced early Sunday. The moves followed the Saturday resignation of Atlanta Police Chief Erica Shields, who stepped down as the Friday night killing of Rayshard Brooks, 27, sparked a new wave of protests in Atlanta after turbulent demonstrations following the death of George Floyd at the hands of Minneapolis police had simmered down, right? So you've got to gin up another one because the earlier one has calmed down. So... Uh, skip a little bit here. I'll put the links to it below. More than 40 minutes elapses between the time Brosnan first knocks on Brooks's car door while he's in Wendy's drive through and when gunshots ring out. Rolf arrives on scene about 16 minutes in. That's the, uh, the terminated officer. The shooting is audible in footage from Rolf's dash camera and both officers' body cameras, but wasn't captured on any of the four recordings provided by police. Both body cameras fall off during the struggle that ensues when Rolf moves to handcuff Brooks after speaking to him for about 20 minutes. Though Brooks is briefly glimpsed being tased before he's shot. Okay, so the first thing to understand about news at the moment is the newscasters are all operating under the threat of terrorism. So... That's the first thing to really, really get. You're not getting any kind of unfiltered news because the news casters themselves are all operating under the threat of terrorism. And by that, I mean, of course, the threat of violence in order to pursue political ends. What do I mean by that? Well, since CNN was attacked, I think NBC was also attacked. People are very conscious when crafting these stories they're very conscious about the potential for the incitement to violence so everything that's being written about here is being written about with an eye on violence coming in through the front door so normally you know they're lying bags of weasel crap at the best of times but now they're cowardly lying bags of weasel crap, which is even more intense. So that's really, really important. So there's a couple of things you'll see when they talk about this stuff. Uh, first, they'll talk about the beginning and the end. They'll bookend stuff. They'll talk about the beginning and the end without talking about anything that goes on in between. And secondly, they will say that something is merely reported, even when you can see it with your own damn two eyes. According to police, I mean, people can watch the footage. This is not that 
complicated when it comes to um, uh, to to what actually happened. This is not hearsay. There's actual video evidence. And also, they will talk about a struggle without talking about who initiated the struggle. That's another reason or another way that you know you're stuck deep in terrified, manipulative propaganda land because all they're doing is saying, you know, stuff happened, you know, things, things happened, right? I mean, a struggle occurred, a struggle broke out, something, something just happened, right? So anyway, so protesters on Saturday night set fire to the Wendy's restaurant where Brooks was fatally shot, right? So here's, here's a lesson. Here's a lesson in the spineless bullshit called appeasement. Now, Wendy's went full tilt boogie on hysterical pro-Black Lives Matter, radical Marxist organization, pro-Black Lives Matter hysteria. They were donating half a million dollars. They were shaming all the white people in the known universe. They were they had a whole series of tweets wherein Wendy's was going full all in on the, uh, you know, the Marxist takeover with a tan known as Black Lives Matter. Now, how did that, how did that help them? I mean, it wasn't their fault. <laughs> it wasn't their fault that this happened with the police. Doesn't matter. They'll burn your shit down anyway. So, yeah, it's a good thing there's all that appeasement going on because that way we can figure out for about the 12 billionth time in human history, we can figure out that, hey, you know what? Appeasement doesn't work. Appeasement is a very, very bad thing. Uh, and it really, really doesn't. Well, just, you know, it's the old saying, right? That um, appeasement is the hope that the alligator will eat you last. So the fire was out by 11.30 p.m. at the Wendy's. So this is a Wendy's taking on a whole new meaning, I suppose. But video from local news stations showed it again aflame about 4 a.m. Sunday. 36 people were arrested at protests as of midnight. See, they weren't arrested. This is another reason that you know that they're lying. Because nobody gets arrested for being at a protest. Nobody gets arrested for protesting. Nobody gets arrested for peaceable assembly. Nobody gets, like, that's just not, so arrested at protests. It's like, no, that's not what you get arrested for. Anyway, so Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms announced the police chief's resignation. Saturday afternoon news conference, a call for the immediate firing of the officer who opened fire. I do not believe that this was a justified use of deadly force, says the mayor. So I guess you see what this means is that all of the massive resources that Western countries and civilized countries as a whole have poured into developing the concepts such as, I don't know, innocent until proven guilty, um, preponderance in, of, of evidence in a civil case or overwhelming evidence or evidence beyond a reasonable doubt, like 95% in a criminal case, we've just, uh, we just took thousands and thousands of years to develop it. But screw it, let's just throw it aside. Let's just toss it aside. Because, you know, you could just fire this guy because the, the mayor doesn't believe it's a justified use of deadly force. Because, you know, she's a lawyer. No, I don't think she is. Uh, she's a police chief. No, no, she just fired the police chief or the police chief quit. Uh, is she a, a trainer in the use of deadly force? No. So she just doesn't believe it. And so that's why the guy should be fired. Because 
Hey, remember, do you remember this thing? It was kind of a funny thing when we were younger. I mean, I feel nostalgic for these days now, just as I feel nostalgic for, I don't know, a vaguely sane universe. But I feel nostalgic for this quaint, archaic, nostalgic Hallmark card shot through those really, you know, all those movies that are so honey dripping, they look like they've shot through the ass end of a bran muffin because they're so nostalgic. I really miss the dream sequence of Western civilization known as being, I don't know, like against lynching. Call me crazy. See, lynching is when you just jump to the conclusions about someone's guilt and you punish them without uh, the trouble of going through the legal process, without him having legal representation, without him being able to confront his accusers, without there being a requirement for cross-examination without uh, physical evidence none of that like who 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 needs that shit man that's just that's just that clogs up the works of justice what you need is to jump to conclusions based on fear and rage and then just punish people like crazy that's you know obviously it was just a big crazy artificial structure that we developed and uh, we're going back to uh well it looks like we're going right back through the bronze age straight back to the stone age so yeah enough of that right so the Georgia Bureau of Investigations, which is probing the shooting, said the deadly confrontation started with a complaint that a man was sleeping in a car blocking the restaurant's drive through lane. Oh, you know, like it just starts with a $20 bill that appears to be fake and all that. The uh, GBI said Brooks failed a field sobriety test and then resisted officers' attempt to arrest him. So the GBI said, so it's just reported things you can actually see with your own two eyes by watching the video. It's just, hey, man, it's just hearsay. I mean, it's just hearsay. Who are you going to believe, me or your lion eyes, right? Rolf is seen on body camera video administering the field sobriety test, followed by a breathalyzer test with Brooks' permission. He moves to arrest Brooks after the breathalyzer test, which he doesn't tell Brooks the result. The machine displays a point one oh eight in a video captured by Rolf's own body camera. Uh... Help me out, brothers. Is that is that bad? He blew a 1.08. That's that's high, isn't it? I I don't know. I I barely drink, so um, well, coffee obviously, but decaf. Um, he tried to go back to sleep after the cops woke him up. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, it was a 0.108. Sorry, did I get that wrong? Yeah, 0.108. Sorry, a 0.108. Right. So. That's I sorry I should look this up ahead of time. Anyway, so obviously that's enough for for it to be a problem. Plus, he either fell asleep or passed out in a drive-through. Like, how drunk do you have to be, or how under the influence do you have to be to say to yourself, "Damn, I'm hungry. I'm so hungry. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go to the drive-through." <laughs> I'm sorry I shouldn't laugh, but it's like that is some serious fighting between Z's and snacks, you know. I mean, Wendy's make a decent burger, you know, I'd give her a solid seven. But yeah, how under the influence do you have to be to be in a drive-thru and either A, decide to have a nap, B, voluntarily fall asleep, or C, just pass out? 0.108 is high. Let's see, it ain't that high. That's like a six-pack of beer, depending on the body weight. Well, um, but... It's legally impaired, is that right? But of course, the field sobriety test just 
150% the legal limit. I'm really trusting you guys to not see me wrong here. It's a trust, high trust society. It's a trust relationship, right? 150% the legal limit, not quite twice the legal limit. Okay, so, but um, I don't know about you guys. Like, I got drunk a couple of times in my teens. That was about it for me. It's like, oh, man, forget this. Like, I hated wasting the Sunday just being kind of, like, hungover, and it's like a mild flu and all of that. So... They only tested him for uh, the field sobriety test, just tests him for alcohol, right? It's the blow in thing, right? Just tests for alcohol. So, yeah. So he's legally impaired, right? That's like three or four beers in an hour, right? Yeah. So um, the legal limit is 0.08. Okay. So, so it's high, right? And you're not supposed to have more than a beer an hour, right? And all of that, right? So he was asleep at the drive through. He was drunk and something. Something, something, right? It's a six-pack consumed in one hour? Okay, so that's, uh, yeah, he could be on something else. Uh, who knows, right? We'll, uh, I guess we'll find out eventually, right? Or maybe we won't. Maybe the whole society will have burnt to the ground by then and all of the um, all of the toxicology reports will be just ash blowing in the wind like those mysteriously surviving passports from 9-11. So, all right. The GBI released security camera video of the shooting Saturday, which does not show Brooks' initial struggle with the police. The footage shows a man running from two white police officers as he raises a hand, which is holding an object towards an officer a few steps behind him. An object. The officer draws his gun and fires as the man keeps running, then falls to the ground in the parking lot. GBI director Vic Reynolds and Brooks said Brooks had grabbed a taser from one officer and appeared to point it at the officer as he fled. The officer fired an estimated three times. L. Chris Stewart, an attorney for Brooks's family, the officer who shot him should be charged for an unjustified use of deadly force, which equals murder. He said, you can't have it both ways in law enforcement. You can't say a taser is a non-lethal weapon, but when an African-American grabs it and runs with it, now it's some kind of deadly lethal weapon that calls for you to unload on somebody. He said Brooks was a father of four and had celebrated a daughter's eighth birthday Friday before he was killed. Uh, so, do you really go from an eight, your kid's eighth birthday party and go drunk drive? That just doesn't seem like a, a particularly, uh, particularly wise. So, demonstrators, um, this woman, Crystal Brooks, says she is Rayshard Brooks' sister-in-law. He wasn't causing anybody any harm. She said the police went up to the car, and even though the car was parked, they pulled him out of the car and started tussling with him. She added, he did grab the taser, but he just grabbed the taser and ran. Oh, my God. Shields, Atlanta's police chief for under four years, was initially praised in the days following Floyd's death. She said the officers involved should go to prison. Jesus. Oh, my God. Yeah, just screw court systems, man. Screw, screw it all. Screw it all. Let's just... The cliche of the Wild West is just open all that shit up. Forget it. Just forget all of this due process, man. It's bullshit. Right? That's what this is being said here. Yeah, you should go to prison. Oh, my God. She appeared at Bottom's side as the mayor made an impassioned plea for protesters to go home when things turned violent with smashed storefronts and police cruisers set ablaze. See? Got to see how you're being manipulated here, man. This is brutal stuff. It's just... Brutal, brutal stuff. Um, so this is kind of what's going down here, right? Look at this. Look at this. Incredible. 
protesters, okay? So a protester is carrying a sign, a protest is making a speech, a protest, right? So a protester's to go home when things turn violent. You know, shit happened, just things turn violent. Like, you know how night turns into day and your head spins on a tilt-a-whirl and your stomach spins when you're uh, watching an Adam Sandler movie? Like, things just turn violent, with smashed storefronts, like nobody's doing anything. Nobody's making a choice. The protesters aren't now rioters who are smashing storefronts and police cruisers being set ablaze, which, you know, you understand. You set a police cruiser ablaze or any car ablaze. You are creating an IED. You understand? It's an improvised explosive device because they can explode, right? A lot of gas in these things, right? Maybe there's ammo in there. I don't know, right? I'm, but that's an incre- you're basically creating an urban bomb when you set fire to a car. Just ask. Paris every second night, it would seem, or half of Sweden, it would seem, right? So, yeah. So, you know, things just, stuff happened, man. Who knows, right? Who knows who started what? Just things turned violent and with smashed storefronts and police cruisers set abrace. Not rioters smashed storefronts and set police cruisers on fire. Just, you know, things turned violent with smashed storefronts and police cruisers set ablaze. No human agency, nobody making a choice, nobody's responsible about any of this at all. So an officer was treated for an unspecified injury or unspecified injuries and Brooks died after being taken to an Atlanta hospital. Yeah, okay. Got it, right? So, yeah, they're all guilty, right? And they should go to prison, these guys say, and uh, that's it, right? That's, that's the story. That's what's going on. <sighs> Give me patience. Give me patience. Somebody saying here he wasn't shot in the back. He turned and fired the taser at the officer, right? Okay, so a couple of things here, which really needs to be uh, really needs to be understood, right? Um, so, as far as the taser stuff goes, so if you grab an officer's taser. The officer is permitted to use deadly force. Why? Okay, so, well, the taser isn't lethal. Okay, sure. Well, the taser is not lethal, although it can be, right? You've got a weak heart or something like that. It, you know. but, but the issue is that if you tase an officer, you are disabling that officer, and then you can grab the officer's gun and shoot him with the gun. It's not that the taser is directly lethal. It's just that why would you shoot a cop other than to disable him? which means you want to grab his gun. Most likely, at least, that's the assumption. So once the cop loses control of the taser, once the suspect has the taser, the cop is permitted to use deadly force in that situation. And, I mean, I know that, and I'm not even a cop. So it's all kind of baffling, and they all know this. Everybody knows this. And no one can tell the truth about anything. Right? No one can tell the truth about anything, even though everybody knows the facts, right? Now, it's a little blurry, but I'm sure that um, it's enough to sort of see what's going on. But this is from uh, Candace Owens, uh, who I obviously can't praise highly enough, very courageous woman and... Um, well worth following her on Twitter and other places, so 
she says, um, any person demanding justice for Rayshard Brooks is a representative of the absolute vermin of American society. There should be protests demanding that the police chief be reinstated and that the mayor resign for placating criminals. I've had enough. Back to blue, she says. And uh, here, uh, let's go back here. So these are the police officers trying to restrain the man. And he is, uh, he is fighting. They're just trying to restrain and get, get control of him, right? Let me just go back here for a sec. Sorry. So he's grabbing something there. I think that's the taser. And he is a big guy, right? He is a big guy. And they are just fighting with him. Seems to, he seems to have, obviously, now he's not too dozy now, right? And this is just a full-on wrestle. And this is him. He's got the taser. And, yeah, he pointed. And that's not good, man. That's how things roll. You know, it's pretty easy. I've had a couple of encounters, like everybody in, my, in the world, pretty much. A couple of encounters with cops. It's really not that hard to not get shot. And that is some truly crazy stuff that there is a... Look, I mean, yeah, should there be an investigation? Sure. Uh, I've got no problem with that. I, I mean, I think that's going to happen no matter what. When, the, um, when there's this use of force, there's always an investigation. But this is perfectly understandable. Let's look uh, at another view of this so that we can get... And I like, I like, I'm sorry to, to do this. Like, I'm sorry to, to keep talking about this kind of stuff, but this is important, you know, because this is being used as justification for some pretty horrendous stuff that is going on, right? So here they are working on trying to um, subdue him, and he's just like, no, I'm going. I'm not going to be subdued. Now, why is he not going to be subdued? Why does he suddenly make that decision, right? He's right here. He's relatively calm. And they're going to go and arrest him. And you see, he's towering over the white guy. So he's standing here, right? Then, sudden, right? Boom. Now, as a cop, this is something that is really, you have to be constantly alert and aware of. That a suspect can just turn on you like crazy out of nowhere. And now you're in a desperate battle, right? So they're trying to control the guy, trying to control the guy, trying to wrestle him down. Now, they can't let him go now, right? You understand, right? This is the way the law works, right? So he's grabbing at the taser, it looks like to me there. And see, they've got their gloves on, right? And he is just grabbing and wrestling, and now you're in a desperate fight for your life. That taser goes off, he grabs a gun, and he, you've got two dead cops. Could be, right? And they, see, see, this is the thing too. Like, so, so physical size. This is like the George uh, Floyd situation. Physical size is a huge deal um, in life. Like a friend of mine was—he wanted to be a judo champion. The guy was five foot seven. And I'm like, I don't really know how it works, but size kind of matters in this situ these situations. So these guys now in a desperate fight, right? He's got the taser, and he see he points right. He points, and then he runs, and now they have a problem, right? See, he's turned and pointed the taser, right? Did you see that? Let's go back here, right? So he's just, he's just up and running. He's got the taser, which has now become a deadly weapon insofar as it gives him access to the cop's guns, right? So he's running, right? They haven't, I don't think they've shot him yet. He turns, 
see that light there to the left? And then they got to take him down. Because if the moment he shoots that taser, he's got a gun. Now, let's say he doesn't stay to shoot the cops. Let's say all he does, so to speak, is to um, turn this off. It's horrible stuff to watch, obviously, right? But let's say that all he does is uh, he tasers and then he grabs a gun from the cop and he runs. Or he tasers and he runs. Because the problem is then, of course, you have a wild, inebriated, intoxicated, full fight-or-flight warrior gene pumping adrenaline through his body like in massive quantities out there in the neighborhood. And now you've got to hunt. He could be taken hostages. He's got nothing to lose. It's a hugely dangerous situation. So, yeah, if you want, you can... Um, you can complain about the rules of engagement, but that's not the issue with the cops, right? The, the rule of engagement is not the issue of the cops. And can you imagine? Imagine what kind of situation the police would be facing if this guy, or anyone for that matter, gets a hold of a cop's gun and then goes on a killing spree or even kills himself, how much liability are the cops going to face when it's like, hey, man, because you understand the moment that the cops arrest you, the moment that the cops decide to detain you, they are responsible for you. And if things go really bad from there, then you're kind of liable, right? So this, again, we can, we can quibble about the rules of engagement, but, you know, that's my understanding is that, you know, once you grab the cop's taser, you know, oh, the, the taser can't kill you. It's like, yeah, but the taser can disable you. They can grab your can, gun in about one second and then blow your head off. So, yeah, that is, that is the situation. And are you actually going to figure this out? <sighs> so, and of course, the thing is, too, once he turns and points the taser at you, you have to make that decision, and you have your training. And uh, people can say, well, I don't think that should be the rule. It's like, okay, well, but you then don't blame the cop, right? Then you change the rules if you don't think that those, uh, that, that those rules should be the way that it goes. So, oh, yeah, I can share this, and this is, this is how quickly... Uh, things turn for these corporations, and I get it. You know, they've got to do their, um, they've got to manage their PR, and they have a bunch of advisors saying, well, you've got to say this, you've got to say that, right? But, um, yeah, look at this. Our voice would be nothing without black culture. Right now, a lot of people are hurting because of blatant racism against black people. Their voices need to be heard, period. Black Lives Matter, right? This was June 3rd, 11 days ago. And, uh, yeah, then the Wendy's gets burned to the ground. And now what? Now what? I, I mean, restaurants now aren't allowed to run drive through um, you, you, You're not allowed to, to let people into your business, right? So now is it the case that you're just not allowed to even have drive throughs Because this guy, you know, passed out. I can't say fall asleep. You know, who falls asleep in a drive through Um but, yeah, I passed out in a drive-thru, and um, now you can't even call people, just wait till he wakes up and then resume your business later? I mean, how does this, uh, how does this work? How does this work? And this is interesting as well. Uh, let's, let's spend a little bit of time on this, right? I mean, you guys, you understand this is super important stuff 
for the world as a whole. So I hope that you will um, uh, indulge me and and stay with this particular part of uh, the conversation because it's really important. And and listen, thank you guys so much. It's it's a real, it's an honor for me. You know, all these thousands of people watching. Um, how, how's my hair? Right. It is. I really. I can't tell you guys how much I work uh, to really try and get things right and to really be fair and to try and give you guys as much reasonable evidence as possible. And uh, I, uh, I am incredibly honored by uh, people dropping by to uh, to talk about these really really important issues. Uh, I guess um, it's like the media, right? I'm not from America. I don't live in America, but. I guess I'm just another foreigner doing the job that the American media doesn't want to do. Or they're too scared to do because they're afraid of, I don't know, um, terrorism, I suppose, right? Lunatics like me. Okay, so let's look at this. Derek Chauvin may got off his murder charge, right? Uh, this is from Medium, again, a pretty, pretty important. We won't go through the whole thing, but this is pretty important stuff. Uh, and why is it not letting me interact with it? Let's find out, shall we? Okay, well... Uh, I'll try this one more time. Sorry, it's uh, not letting me uh, refresh browser when the scene becomes active. All right, we'll turn that off. Turn it on, turn it on. All right, interact. Yes, no? Oh. Oh, software. Oh, software. Okay, so uh, I'll just uh, bring it up elsewhere, and um, you can check it out in the links I'll put into the show. But um, the, so the World United graphic photo a video of the white police officer, George Floyd, and so on, right? So here are the six important facts. George Floyd was experiencing cardiopulmonary and psychological distress minutes before he was placed on the ground, let alone had a knee to his neck. Okay? So of all the people who are saying, well, you know, he died from the knee to his neck, well, he was having this distress before he was placed on the ground, right? The Minneapolis Police Department, MPD, allows the use of neck restraints on suspects who actively resist arrest. And George Floyd actively resisted arrest on two occasions, including immediately prior to neck restraint being used. So, that's important. And one of my big tweets over the last couple of days was basically, why the hell has this body cam video not been released? I mean, of all the things that needs to be released at the moment, I would put that one on the top one out of one, right? Release that stuff. Now, is it because uh, Ellison, uh, the, the big fan of Antifa, does not want to release this stuff because it goes against the Marxist race baiting that is aimed to bring, aiming to bring down the Republic and has been for the last century? So I think that if they release the camera, like the officer's camera, you, people will understand what happened, right? And then they'll well, nobody will ever apologize because who the hell apologizes these days anymore? It's crazy. It's crazy. All right. The Minneapolis Police Department allows the use of neck restraints on suspects who actively resist arrest, right? He did it two times. Three, the officers were recorded on their body cams assessing George Floyd as suffering from excited delirium syndrome, a condition which the MPD considers an extreme threat to both the officers and the suspect. Quite right. Quite Right. It is a big problem. It's been, been tracked in law enforcement and other situations from the mid-19th century, like over 150 years ago, 170 years ago or so, right? And a white paper used by the MPD acknowledges that these excited delirium syndrome suspects may die irrespective of force involved. The officer's response to the situation was in line with MPD guidelines for excited delirium syndrome. 
I think that's a Victorian word for orgasm, perhaps. I know, arrived is a Victorian word for I have arrived. So restraining the four, four, restraining the suspect on his or her abdomen, a prone restraint, is a common tactic in these excited delirium syndrome situations. And the white paper used by the MPD instructs the officers to control the suspect until paramedics arrive. You understand? Restraining the suspect on his or her abdomen, a prone restraint, is a common tactic in the white paper instructs the officers to control the suspect until paramedics arrive. And I'm sorry about my language, but to all the conservative assholes out there who jumped on the it was just plain murder bandwagon, you're the key reason the city's burnt. You're the key reason people are getting killed. We know the left is always going to do this race-baiting garbage. We know that they're going to lie and they're going to misrepresent but the blue line or the thin blue line or I guess the thin red line of the conservatives are supposed to push back on everyone. And listen, I said, hey, man, this is going to be hard to understand how this is good. But no, I didn't. I, to, my, to my credit, I did not rush to judgment. I looked for the alternative information. I put it out pretty early. But I got to tell you, it was pretty disgusting for me to watch a bunch of supposed conservatives and supposed pro Police people just completely throwing these officers under the bus. Oh, it's straight up murder. And it's like, wait for the goddamn autopsy, you bunch of jackals. Jesus. Really, really important. It's when the mob is the most certain is exactly when you need to stand up against the mob and push back and tell them to F off. Five, Floyd's autopsy revealed a potentially lethal concoction of drugs, not just a potentially lethal dose of fentanyl, but also methamphetamine. Together with his history of drug abuse and two serious heart conditions, Floyd's condition was exceptionally and unusually fragile. Six, Chauvin's neck restraint is unlikely to have exerted a dangerous amount of force to Floyd's neck. Floyd is shown on video able to lift his head and neck, and a robust study on double knee restraints showed a median force exertion of approximately 105 pounds. 105 pounds. Now, I think this article goes off the rails. They say, let's be clear, the accents of Chauvin and the, off- and the other officers were absolutely wrong. So after they just say exactly how they're in line with all the police recommendations, absolutely wrong. But so, I mean, that's, that, that's just so you don't get um, um, was you gonna get firebombed or something. But say, but they, so they were absolutely wrong, says the article, but they were also in line with MPD rules and procedures for the condition which they determined George Floyd was suffering from. An act that would normally be considered a clear and heinous abuse of force, such as a knee-to-neck restraint on a suspect suffering from pulmonary distress, can be legitimized if there are overriding concerns not known to bystanders but known to the officers. In the case of George Floyd, the overriding concern was that he was suffering from excited delirium syndrome given a number of relevant facts known to the officers. This was not known to the bystanders who only saw a man with with pulmonary distress pinned down with a knee on his neck. While the officers may still be found guilty of manslaughter, the probability of a guilty verdict for the murder charge is low, and the public should be aware of this well in advance. So why are they guilty of manslaughter? If they did, what the white paper and what the training and what the manual recommends in these situations. Attorney General Keith Ellison has expressed how difficult the conviction will be. That's not good, right? Then he shouldn't, he should have, I don't know what his 
authority is here. I'm no expert in it, but shouldn't he have told them not to overcharge then? So, so from the original government complaint, we know that George Floyd was falling to the ground and claiming he couldn't breathe while still standing up. From the 911 transcript, we know that George Floyd was acting drunk and not in control of himself before the police were called. The 911 caller is concerned that such an awfully drunk, that's a quote, awfully drunk man would attempt to operate a vehicle. I was talking about this in the past, right? This is the call. It says, um, someone comes our store and give us fake bills and we realize it before he left the store or we ran back inside. They were sitting on their car and he's sitting on his car because he's awfully drunk and he's not in control of himself. He's not acting right. And he's not acting right. So, and he started to go drive the car. I mean, what if he plowed into your child while he was stoned out of his gourd and driving while panicked and frightened and upset and angry and freaking out, right? And you know, I mean, this is so sad too. I mean, they said when the, when the, clerk from the store went out to him because he bought cigarettes with this still wet dripping fake bill and when the clerk went out the clerk said to george floyd hey man just just give us the cigarettes and and just leave just give us the cigarettes back and leave but no makes that decision i'm gonna fight i mean who knows what decision capabilities he had at that particular time. Who knows what capabilities he had to even reason at that particular time. So the Minneapolis Police Department recognizes two types of resistance to arrest. Active resistance defined as, quote, a response to police efforts to bring a person into custody or control for detainment or arrest. A subject engaged in active resistance when engaging in physical actions or verbal behavior reflecting an intention to make it more difficult for officers to achieve actual physical control. Right? So that's active resistance. Passive resistance, quote, a response to police efforts to bring a person into custody or control for detainment or arrest. This is behavior initiated by a subject when the subject does not comply with verbal or physical control efforts, yet the subject does not attempt to defeat an officer's control efforts. Right? So that's, I assume that's just called going rubber bones, as we used to call it when I was a kid, right? So what do you think? Is this active or passive Resistance. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say that uh, given that the entire police car was rocking back and forth with his George Floyd's frantic efforts to get out of the car. So, the MPD allows the use of force in action resistance. Relevantly, the MPD allows neck restraint. Sorry, I just got a question from Discord. So, neck restraint. It is defined as, quote, non-deadly force option, defined as compressing one or both sides of a person's neck with an arm or leg without applying direct pressure to the trachea or airway, right front of the neck. Only sworn employees who have had training from the MPD training unit are authorized to use neck restraints. Now, as an 18-year veteran, I'm pretty sure that Chauvin would have had that kind of stuff, right? There are two types of neck restraint. What we are interested in is conscious neck restraint. This is defined as, quote, the subject is placed in a neck restraint with intent to control and not to render the subject unconscious by only applying light to moderate pressure. The conscious neck restraint may be used against a subject who is actively resisting. 
We know from the original government complaint that Floyd was actively resisting because they admitted as much. Quote, Mr. Floyd actively resisted being handcuffed. We also know from the original complaint that he resisted again. And I quote, The officers made several attempts to get Mr. Floyd in the backseat of Squad 320 from the driver's side. Mr. Floyd did not voluntarily get in the car and struggled with the officers by intentionally falling down, saying he was not going in the car and refusing to stand still. While standing outside the the car, Mr. Floyd began saying and repeating that he could not breathe. The defendant went to the passenger side and tried to get Mr. Floyd into the car from that side, and Lane and Kang assisted. The defendant pulled Mr. Floyd out of the passenger side of the car at 8.19.38 p.m. Mr. Floyd went to the ground, face down, and still handcuffed. So the three officers were actually unable to physically keep him in the police car. The little video evidence we have, says the article, indicates that there was a struggle. The defendant pulled Mr. Floyd out of the passenger side of the squad car, quote, likely because they were unable to close the squad car door due to his resistance. So there are two cases of active resistance, apparently, immediately prior to the prone restraint. Neck restraint was permissible in order to control George Floyd. The MPD guideline is to use light to moderate force. An officer placing his knee on the suspect's neck does not mean he's exerting full force, and there is evidence that light to moderate pressure was used on Floyd. Given that Floyd was saying he couldn't breathe while resisting being placed in the police car, the officers could not reasonably believe that light to moderate pressure would cause his proclaimed symptoms. So we don't know why Minneapolis is refusing to release the officers' body cams at this moment, although I think it's because Keith Ellison, who held up the Antifa handbook with a big smile, doesn't want it to go out because it doesn't, uh, doesn't help his case. It doesn't help his case. The original page for the MPD detailing the use of force has been wiped. There's an archive that's hosted by, for some bizarre reason, the San Francisco Police Department. So we don't know how long that's going to last. So the excited delirium, I know it really does sound kind of Victorian, right? In 2018, the MPD published a report on the use of ketamine in excited delirium. Now, a white paper is an authoritative report. They attached the white paper because it was considered by the MPD the most authoritative document on excited delirium syndrome. So the Washington Post reports, because they're hosting the original government complaint, and the quote is, Officer Lane said, I'm worried about excited delirium or whatever. The defendant said, that's why we have him on his stomach. Right? So they're concerned about Excited delirium, and you're supposed to keep people prone, and you have to use moderate force. You can use up to moderate force to do that. I don't know what's beyond moderate force, maybe deadly force. I don't know, right? But um, so they were assessing this excited delirium. Were they right or not? They're not doctors, right? They're not doctors. Two officers believed that he was experiencing excited delirium. The other two officers did not comment to the contrary. And George Floyd, for sure, had some symptoms of excited delirium. They don't, nobody knows if he had all of them, but, I mean, whoever has all of them, right? So, this is whether or not, I really wish I could um, get this uh, control here to let me show you the guy's stuff. It's kind of uh, not super helpful that I can't show you. I'm going to try. Let me try it one more time. Probably isn't going to work, but 
I don't know why it's not letting me scroll here. Yeah, it's not. It's just the mysteries of software <laughs> for reasons. Every, every single one of these streaming software it has some stupid issue or other, right? I mean, this, this one you can't scroll sometimes, and uh, XSplit, uh, my audio and video would drift apart. And anyway, so let me not complain about that, but get on. Uh, get on with the uh, with the uh, with the situation here. Okay. So here are the symptoms. Did he have them? Sweating? Yes. Police non-compliance? Yes. Lack of tiring? Yes. Unusual strength? Who knows? We don't know. Pain tolerance? Who knows? Tachypnea? Don't know. Tactile hyperthermia? Don't know. Bizarre behavior generating calls to police? Well, yes. Suspected or known psychostimulant drug or alcohol intoxication? Yes. Erratic or violent behavior? There's a question mark here. I'd fall on the yes side, but that's just my opinion. Ongoing struggle despite futility? Yes. Yelling, shouting, guttural sounds? We don't know. Agitation? Yes. Inappropriately clothed? I don't know. Guy's 46 in a wife beater, but anyway. Mirror glass attraction? No idea. Suspected or known psychiatric illness? No. Failure to recognize or respond to police presence at the scene? Likely no. Some of these symptoms are only going to be discovered from the body cameras, and we don't we don't know. I mean, was he was he did he have tactile hyperthermia? Well, you have to talk to the officers who actually touched his skin, right? We don't, we don't know. So the dangers of excited delirium are pretty, pretty significant, right? So this is really, really important. This explains why the officers responded in the way that they did. And here's the quote. Given the irrational and potentially violent, dangerous, and lethal behavior of an excited delirium subject, any law enforcement officer interaction with a person in this situation risks significant injury or death to either the law enforcement officer or the excited delirium subject who has a potentially lethal medical syndrome. This already challenging situation has the potential for intense public scrutiny coupled with the expectation of a perfect outcome. Anything less creates a situation of potential public outrage. Unfortunately, this dangerous medical situation makes perfect outcomes difficult in many circumstances. Excited delirium subjects, as a quote, are known to be irrational, often violent, and relatively impervious to pain. Unfortunately, almost everything taught to law enforcement officers about control of subjects relies on a suspect to either be rational, appropriate, or to comply with painful stimuli. Tools and tactics available to LEOs, such as pepper spray, impact batons, joint lock maneuvers, punches and kicks, and ECDs, especially when used for pain compliance, that are traditionally effective in controlling resisting sus- sus- subjects are likely to be less effective on excited delirium subjects. The goals of LEOs in this situation should be to, one, recognize possible excited delirium, contain the subject, and call for EMS. What did they do? Well, they recognized possible excited delirium, they contained the subject, and they called for EMS. Done. Two, take the subject into custody quickly, safely, and efficiently if necessary. And he was resisting arrest and fighting back, and the car's rocking back and forth, and he's a huge guy, and all of that. So, yeah, they took him into custody quickly, safely, and efficiently. Certainly, Dream seemed to be pretty safe. Uh, he was not shot, and he was not didn't have an arm broken, and he didn't lose an eye, and he didn't, right? Three, then immediately turned the care of the subject over to EMS personnel when they arrive for treatment and transport to, defini- to definitive medical care. Dear, oh dear. In those cases where a death occurs, another quote, while in custody, there is the additional difficulty of separating any potential contribution of control measures from the underlying pathology. 
For example, was death due to the police control tool or to positional asphyxia or from excited delirium or from an interplay of all these factors? Even in the situation where all caregivers agree that a patient is in an active delirious state, there is no proof of the most safe and effective control measure or therapy for what is most likely an extremely agitated patient. There are well-documented cases of excited delirium deaths with minimal restraints such as handcuffs without ECD use. This underscores that this is a potentially fatal syndrome in and of itself, sometimes reversible when expert medical treatment is immediately available. Um, as noted earlier, the government complaint against Chevron states that the officer suspected excited delirium. Lane asked, should we roll him on his side? And the defendant said, no, staying put where we got him. Officer Lane said, I'm worried about excited delirium or whatever. The defendant said, that's why we have him on his stomach. Two officers suspected this situation. Chervin was restraining Floyd in this position because he suspected excited delirium. So Officer Lane says, I'm worried about excited delirium. Chervin says, that's why we have him on his stomach. And remember, the two of the guys were total newbies. And uh, he was the senior officer, right? Restraining an individual on his stomach is common in excited delirium encounters. It's called a prone restraint. It is often the recommended form of restraint until the officers can safely put the suspect in a different position. Quote, as mentioned before, people experiencing excited delirium are highly agitated, violent, and show signs of unexpected strength, so it is not surprising that most require physical restraint. The prone maximum, maximal restraint position, also known as hobble or hogtie, where the person's ankles and wrists are bound together behind their back has been used extensively by field personnel, In far fewer cases, persons have been tied to a hospital gurney or manually held prone with knee pressure on the back of the neck or the back or neck, right? In far fewer cases, persons have been tied to a hospital gurney or manually held prone with knee pressure on the back or neck. Two years ago, an Eighth Circuit ruled on a case involving both prone restraint and excited delirium, writing that officers are entitled to qualified immunity in cases involving prone restraint, specifically denying Fourth Amendment privileges against excessive force. And I quote, Officers determined that keeping latent a criminal or a suspected criminal in a prone position was best given his continued resistance and Baker pressed Leighton's shoulders to the ground while Groby held Leighton's thighs. This court has not deemed prone restraint unconstitutional in and of itself the few times we have addressed the issue. Under these cases, there is no clearly established right against the use of prone restraints for a suspect who has been resisting. Now, these are things that uh, I'm learning, and, and you're learning through me, and I'm learning through friends of mine who know this stuff. And it's, you know, informational asymmetry, right? So the average person, myself included, of course, look at the arrest and the guy in the knee and the neck, I can't breathe. and um, It looks terrible, of course, right? And I do remember, I said very early on, I think in my first show, I said, look, come on, this this guy is is going to murder George Floyd right in front of everyone with cameras running, with his with his body cam running. I mean, come on. It's not how, if he wanted to kill someone, he would, you know, cops can always get away with it, right? I mean, judges can always get away with it. Lawyers can always get away with it, probably, right? So he'd find some way to do it, but he wouldn't do it that way. Didn't make any sense. Didn't make any sense. So, 
you know, journalists, the public, we're not that particularly versed in excited delirium syndrome, and we don't know what is excessive force in these situations. So the, the white paper, there is no proof of the most safe and effective control measure. One quote, quote, any LEO interaction with a person in this situation risks significant injury or death. Come on. Ah, it's crazy. It's just crazy. There is a, um, in one example here of a past case, a man experiencing excited delirium, it took four officers to restrain him in a prone position until the EMT arrives. There's a more recent video. It takes six officers, a taser and multiple batons to restrain the subject. Even with six officers restraining him, he is still able to get halfway up. It's six minutes and 14 seconds in the video. A black police officer kicks the suspect near the head and then applies force near the suspect's necks. This is appropriate use of force, even though it appears unnecessary because the suspect was an extreme threat. This particular excited delirium suspect was able to cause facial injuries to the officers despite, despite being overpowered six to one. As the white paper notes, excited delirium suspects often show often, quote, show signs of unexpected strength, right? Unexpected strength. And let's see, we just have a quick look here. I hope that you guys find this interesting. I, I look, I have my issues with the police like everyone does, but uh, this is a situation where, you know, there is just mayhem because this is an excited delirium suspect. He's a big guy, he's a strong guy, and he's taken on six cops. Like that old joke about uh, PCP, a guy recorded a rap album on PCP called I Can Take On Ten Cops. And unusual strength, and, you know, obviously they're trying not to uh, to kill the guy, right? I mean, they, they want to take him down, Rodney King style, but he is a very dangerous and violent fellow because of all of this, and... It is really, really rough, right? Excited delirium, it's, it's feral. It's like absolutely brutal. I assume it's a full adrenaline dump, and I don't know what else is going on in this kind of stuff, but it is really, really rough. And they're trying to, yeah, and he's a big guy, right? And he's lost his reason, obviously, right? I mean, this is pretty rough, and you can't let him go. And look at this. Big guy. This guy uh, from Friday was a big guy. George Floyd was a big guy. Mike Brown was a big guy. I mean, this is really, really tough. Look, he's got six cops on him. And this is excited delirium. This is what they have to try and deal with just to get this guy down. And they're all in a situation here of extreme danger. And look at this. If this guy had said he can't breathe, had a heart attack, we'd all be sitting there saying, oh, my God. You know, they just they straight up murdered that guy, right? And they're just trying to get him to comply. You know, this is the state, right? And you, you, they, you comply or die. They escalate force until you comply or die. That's why I'm not a big fan of the state. But anyway, let's, uh, let's take a break from looking at this horrible stuff. Uh, but these are the situations. And, of course, it would be really, really helpful if, I don't know, call me crazy, if people didn't jump to conclusions and did some bloody research about this kind of stuff so that we didn't have, I don't know, 
dozens of people murdered and cities burning to the ground and, and neighborhoods being destroyed and, right, just do some goddamn research once in a while, people. I mean, I have a degree, I have a graduate degree in history, and I can figure this stuff out. Uh, it's not that complicated, but, of course, there's the agenda, there's the terror, there's the fear, there's all this kind of stuff, right? Oh, 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 right? Shall we, uh, shall we take a break from this? Let's take a break from this. And I really appreciate everyone dropping by tonight. It's just, it's great to chat with you guys. It's, uh, I love you all so much. <laughs> I love you all so much. I'm getting verklept. I'm getting, uh, it, I do. I love having these conversations. I wish the topics were a little less grim, but we will, of course, uh, uh, continue to do the necessary work of uh, getting the facts out to uh, an increasingly anti-rational world. But uh, let's, um, yeah, how are things going in uh, Somalia, right? How are things going in uh, Tofu Dishu, right? Let's, uh, let's have a look here. So, Somalia, I just, I mean, this is a, a name I think I can't even remember who I stole it from, but it's a good theft, right? What's it? Picasso said, good, good artist borrow, great artist steal. All right. So, yeah, um, we've got... Uh, this guy, let's uh, rewind a little here. So um, this guy wants his plot of land. And um, he is not very good with these sticks. This is not exactly like watching the fight scene in The Princess Bride over here, right? And guys, you know, guy with the predictably curly bro hairdo is over there. And this guy is like, I think he's challenging everyone to Mortal Kombat who wants to come and use the land. And... Um, I was a Carpe Donctum, put this to Star Wars music. Um, it's uh, pretty, pretty bad. This guy's obviously completely out of his gourd. He could have mental illness. Uh, he, could, um, uh, he could be, of course, on drugs. Uh, and uh, maybe he's got excited delirium. I don't know. But it's all uh, pretty, pretty nutty stuff. Oh, yeah. Here's another, uh, another shot of this guy. And look, I mean, this is obviously not to say that this is all a complete failed experiment. I mean... That'll be clear as time goes forward, but um, <laughs> it's another another view of this guy. Uh, he's, um, oh, is that the one we did? No, yeah, the fuzzy-haired guy is over here. So, yeah, he's challenging people who want to come and plant that they're going to have to get through him and his um, rather oversized chopsticks, I think is the phrase to go. Maybe he's uh, growing Chinese food. I don't know, it's hard to say. But uh, this is not... Uh, there's no Jackie Chan moment here at all. Uh, maybe he seems skilled in his own mind. It's uh, really, really hard to <laughs> really, really hard to figure out. Anyway, this just goes on and on. Uh, you guys can watch it more if you want. But uh, yeah, that's how things are going. It's funny how you know they were threatening to cut off the government was threatening to cut off water and electricity to businesses that uh, defied their lockdowns. But now it looks like uh, everything's just kind of. Um, fine over there in uh, Antifistan, right? They have, uh, they're not cutting off their water. They're not cutting off their uh, food or, or electricity or anything like that because, you know, reasons? <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to say. Jack Posobiec has pointed out, look at this. This garden is for black and indigenous folks and their plant allies. Plant allies. Is that Seymour? Is that... Uh, Son, be a dentist. Or is it, oh, maybe it's, um, 
plant allies? Is this plants versus zombies? Is that, I don't know, it's hard to say. So they already have achieved a... Um, so what have they achieved? Well, they've got strong borders. They have ideological purity tests in order to get in. And they now have achieved segregation in food production, right? So it looks like... And no, no, see, nobody has a problem with this, right? Nobody. Can you imagine? Imagine some right-wing gang grabbed a section of a city and then imposed segregation, racial segregation. Uh, people would go completely insane. But because people have gone completely insane, people aren't going completely insane, if you, if you will be so gracious as to follow my, uh, my logic. Um, so that's... Uh, uh, that's happening, uh, I just wanted to mention. And let's see here. Uh, oh, and also they deported a Mexican. They built a border wall, they deported a Mexican, and they've established segregated gardens, right? Uh, and what else is uh, what is going on over there? Let, and again, you know, let this let this experiment continue. Let everyone see what happens when... These kinds of rejects attempt to create some society based upon leftist principles, right? Not even a week, says Mr. Anti-Bully, not even a week in, into hippie utopia and already, quote, one leader ousted for sex offenses, warlord with weapons in charge, food stolen by the homeless, black people-only garden with no plants, white people garden run by man challenging people to physical combat for carrots. <laughs> oh. Oh dear, oh dear. It is, it's tragic comic, right? It's, it's tragic comic, right? What are you going to possibly do with uh, these situations other than laugh? I mean, it, it's laugh or cry, and uh, I've had enough crying in my life when I was a kid. So laughter it is with you, my lovely friends. All right. A street preacher. Oh, they found an enemy. They found an enemy. The enemy is a street preacher who was talking about Jesus and God and Christianity. Oh, now, now they have found their enemy. You know, like all demonically driven hordes, they have found that a man of God is the guy they simply cannot possibly listen to. God knows the amount of pedophilia that's going on in there at the moment. I can't even imagine. But yeah, this guy is, um, he's the guy, man. He's the guy they've got to really deal with and get rid of because he's coming in there with, with Jesus. And um, these, I mean, communists always hate Christianity, right? This was one of my early big tragic mistakes as an intellectual was to, um, well, I attacked Christianity and I attacked communism and I was right to attack communism. And uh, I'm not proud of my attacks upon Christianity for which I have apologized uh, and will continue to apologize. Sorry, I'm really, really sorry. Uh, I did change course some years back ago. But yeah, look at this. This guy is simply trying to bring the word of the Lord to these... I mean, who who are these people, right? I mean, they are losers. They're usually failed artists. They're skinny. They're ideologically driven. They're purists. They want to create an ideological pure state. I mean, they're... Wait, now that was Hitler. Ah, same diff, right? So yeah, and they basically booted this guy out. Because apparently, uh, if you've got the Garden of Eden, the last thing you want is a Christian preacher uh, telling you that uh, love is the answer and you should love your enemies. And right, you just can't have any of that. You can't be a communist if you want to love your enemies. Because your enemies, of course, 
our um, your enemies are uh, counter-revolutionaries. And, you know, for them, uh, it's gulag time. It's gulag time for the enemies. All right. So here, Barack Obama, the hard-left gift that keeps on giving, right? So Barack Obama tweeted June First, I wrote out some thoughts on how to make this moment a real turning point to bring about real change and pulled together some resources to help young activists sustain their momentum by channeling their en- energy into concrete action. And uh, somebody pointed out, uh, yeah, there's uh, the Great Purge. There was not one school in the whole of China where atrocities did not occur, and teachers were not the only victims. In his letter to the Red Guards on 1st August 1966, ooh, that was a mere seven weeks before I decided to drop down my mother's snug harbor and grace the world with a haircut that I temporarily avoided as a child and in my teens and have since, well, resumed in in perpetuity. So Mao singled out for praise some militant teenagers who'd been dividing pupils by family background and abusing those from undesirable families whom they labeled blacks. Blacks? Mao announced specifically that these militants had his fiery support, which was unequivocal endorsement for what they were doing. In the girls' school, where the headmistresses were tortured to death, blacks had ropes tied around their necks, beaten up, and forced to say, I'm the bastard of, bitch, of a bitch, I deserve to die. And, you know, in all seriousness, if you guys don't think this is coming, think again. This is absolutely coming unless people start pushing the hell back. And Barack Obama is absolutely getting into this kind of stuff by, uh, you know, got to keep this momentum going, got to push. This is, you know, at a time when the violence was pretty well established and all that kind of stuff. Here's a uh, particularly chilling thing here, of course, right? You know, if uh, if you, uh, I mean, if you if you use Google, you're both misinformed and uninformed. uninformed. You're counterinformed, really. But uh, here, what have we got here? Uh, Google has officially deleted Churchill, but kept Hitler and Stalin. Look at that. Do a search for World War II leaders. You got Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, Benito Mussolini, Harry S. Truman, Dwight D. Eisenhower, Hirohito. And Winston Churchill, who's been turned into a child's drawing of a mountain and the moon. He's just been erased. Because, you know, you could really argue that uh, by fighting against Germany and Italy under Mussolini, uh, you know, he really could be considered an anti-fascist. You know, theoretically, you could say that Churchill was an anti-fascist. But you see, Churchill was anti-communist. Churchill was anti communist. And uh, Churchill got into a lot of trouble, I think, by talking about what he called the Jewish roots of communism and all that. And yeah, so did Solzhenitsyn, actually. But you know, so yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty nuts to just see this stuff really vanishing. And I really don't like the degree to which suicide by cop is being highly monetized with the millions of dollars pouring into George Floyd's family and other things too. I mean, boy, it's a, it's a pretty... It's a pretty nasty thing. A lot of unstable people, both blacks and whites and others, probably not East Asian so much, though. Yeah, they're going to be, um, you know, hey, suicide by cop, man. I can really provide for people. It's uh, absolutely terrible. All right, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let there be no prisoners in the keeping goingness. So for those of you who don't know, I don't know, maybe half the people will leave. listen now. So I have uh, done a lot of work. In fact, my very first published article was called a stateless, this, uh, a state, stateless society, a stateless society, an examination of alternatives, and you can find this on my blog at Free Domain. I think it's still on Lou Rockwell. That's L E W Rockwell dot com. 
wherein I talked about, you know, governments are evil and governments are like slavery and we got rid of slavery and in the long run we also need to have no governments. And I know that's going to be shocking to people. I, I'm not trying to lure you down some crazy path here. Uh, I know, look, it's shocking to most people when we said let's not have slavery. That had been a permanent human institution for about 150,000 years, but they managed, you know, the modern world was birthed out of the end of slavery, right? You don't get the modern world without getting rid of slavery, without getting rid of serfdom, because once wage labor, once you pay people for their labor, then you have an incentive to invest in labor-saving devices, because now labor has a real cost. With serfdom and with slavery, aside from them being utterly immoral, you depress the price of labor to the point where it's not worth inventing labor-saving devices. Now, labor productivity is the entire key to economic growth. And if you have slaves, you don't care about labor productivity, just buy more slaves. And the people who have the most money invest in slaves rather than investing in labor-saving machinery. And they won't invest in labor-saving machinery because that lowers the value of their slaves. So we got from the endless, godforsaken starvation fest of human history to the plenty of the modern world by ending slavery. The next great leap forward, well, that's the wrong phrase when I'm talking about China, right? But the next great advancement is to uh, eliminate the state. Uh, it's, it's utterly immoral. Uh, it's a monopoly on the use of force, and it is driving all of this sort of mess. So I talk about something I call DROs, a dispute resolution organization, which is a way that people resolve their disputes without the state. And I've got free books on my website, Practical Anarchy and Everyday Anarchy. So go check them out. They're really good. <laughs> They're free, and, and you can audiobook and videos and, and uh, text and, and all that. So this is kind of interesting, right? So they say, we will form a unique system called the Conflict Resolution Advisory Council. We hold a community democratic vote to appoint three people to the council. To eliminate prejudice, we elect one black man, one black woman, and one white woman. Each person should undergo at least one 45-minute sensitivity and political training session, which we can help organize. So, yeah. And why do you need to study the law for years? Well, you shouldn't need to study the law for years. The law should be comprehensible to the average person of high school education. Because this is the trick and the trap that the government does with you, is they say ignorance of the law is no excuse, you see, and then they make the law completely and totally incomprehensible to everyone, and then say, hey, man, you didn't pay your taxes in the right way. And it's like, yeah, but there are like literally 350 finely printed, massive Amazon rainforest slaughtering volumes of tax law. There's no possibility that you can obey the law when it comes to taxes. It's like, yeah, you think you're onto us, right? So they say whenever there is an internal conflict in the zone, it will be put to the council. Both people will have an opportunity to present their side of the story to the council to review. The council members will decide on a fair resolution provided as advice. Initially, the council will be advisory only. In the future, the system could evolve to become more mature with binding resolutions, impositions, retribution, enforcement, and imprisonment. Yeah, so they're going to face resistance. They're going to face anti-rational people. And they're going to end up having to enforce stuff. And you can see, of course, they're already enforcing. You can't, like, they, they're completely destroyed free speech. They've destroyed, um, well, First Amendment, of course, they've destroyed freedom uh, of assembly and all of that by tossing people out, tossing the Mexican guy out, tossing the, uh, the uh, preacher out, and so on. But uh, yeah, so they're going to end up with the same problems that the police had, um, which is how do you restrain people who are incredibly violent and on drugs and dangerous and blah, 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 blah. Now, of course, in a free society, you'd have that same issue as well. Um, the solution, of course, is um, a, rational so a rational solution is all about prevention, not cure. In other words, you want better diet and exercise. You don't want a heart attack, right? 
And so with a free society, the way that you prevent these kinds of things from coming into being is that most criminality results from child abuse. Most criminality results from child abuse. And society at the moment doesn't have an effective way of dealing with child abuse because children don't vote, right? And, and parents don't pay for the disasters they inflict upon the world if they abuse their children because, you know, we're a kind of grow and release species because, you know, you, you're grown in your parents' household and then you're released out into society. So the way that it would work in a free society for sure is that doctors would do blood tests and brain scans on children and would very, very clearly see the effects of child abuse very early. And then there'd just be strong interventions about that and financial incentives. And um, the way that you deal with people in a free society who refuse to follow rules is you simply ostracize them economically, right? So that they can't live in your society, right? You can't rent a car, you can't rent a house, you can't buy groceries, you can't use the roads until you conform to reasonable standards within those societies. And you want to keep those standards reasonable because they're voluntary and everyone has to... Um, if you're selling people rules, you need to keep them simple and comprehensible. Otherwise, people will go to another company that's selling them rules that will be simple and comprehensible. So the way that you deal with criminality is you intervene early, uh, strongly, as a society to make sure that children aren't abused. And if children aren't abused, you'll have almost no crime. Basic fact. And I've got a whole series called The Bomb in the Brain. You can find this on YouTube if YouTube allows you to find anything of mine anymore. You can't find my name. Just try it. Stefan Molyneux, just S-T-E-F-A-N. It used to give me the uh, auto autocomplete. No, nah, all gone. All gone because it's election year and we can't have any facts. So, uh, yeah, they're going to face these same issues, right? So then they say the appointed people will hear out and settle any internal disputes within the zone. We're not suggesting this council members become leaders or judges, only referees in case of internal conflicts. Edit. One, after receiving feedback about inclusiveness, we shall include in the council one black man, one black woman, one black trans person, and one non-binary black person, and they crossed out the white woman. So it's a black supremacy ethnostate, clearly. Let's, I don't want to say let's call a spade a spade, but let's call, let's call it by, by what it is, right? Because... The council, which is the Conflict Resolution Advisory Council, which eventually is going to turn into their local state, uh, is it's all black. It's all black. And so, yeah, it's a black supremacy ethnostate. Good job. Good job, everyone. Looks like you've solved all the social problems known to mankind. And this is the hellscape that we are going to point out. Now, uh, Black Lives Matter. I'm not talking about the radical Marxist Soros-funded organization from hell. What I'm talking about is, um, well, where black lives are really a threat in the world at the moment. Uh, Nigeria is facing genocide at the hands of Muslims and no Black Lives Matter demonstration. Shows this is about communism and has nothing to do with race. And that is entirely the case. So, um, again, I'll put the links to this below. You can read it up. It's, well, Christians, by far the most persecuted group in the world at the moment, by far, like not even a close second, by far the most persecuted group in the world. And they are facing genocide at the hands of Muslims. Uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, the, the, almost by far the biggest single mass slaughterhouse in history was, um, gosh, 60 to 80 million, I think it was, 
uh, murdered during the um, Muslim invasion of uh, India. And uh, I don't think that there's a lot of reparations coming in for that. In fact, you don't even uh, talk about it. You know, like you don't talk about, nobody can talk about the fact that one of the biggest mass murderers in the 20th century was a Jewish dude who was uh, in charge of uh, concentration camps uh, in, in Russia. 10 million people or more uh, killed on that guy's watch. Can't talk about it. Well, I can, I guess, but... <laughs> All right, so yeah, let's have a look at, uh, let's have a look at how, how it's doing. How, how is this uh, lovely place uh, doing Seattle, right? Okay, well, um, of course, you have people sleeping in doorways. You've got a cab. I guess you've got droopy penis graffiti. Worst name for a punk band ever. Uh, and, um, yeah, the streets are empty. The uh, There are cocks and balls, twigs and berries all over, sprayed paint everywhere. And, uh, yeah, people are going to congregate there with uh, mental illnesses, with violent tendencies. They're going to get all the drugs they want. They're going to fry out their brains. They're going to, it's just going to be monstrous. No business is going to open up. And, of course, all of the lefties in the media and in the government are going to do everything they can to prop this up. And they are going to, uh, they are going to, uh, they're going to do it. So it's, um, it's pretty wild. Uh, one last thing here. Let's see here. We want this. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, let's look at this. Let's look at this. This is the, um, hopefully this is the inoculation experiment that solves these uh, issues, at least to some degree. The inoculation experiment being, you know, how you take a small amount of a disease in order to cure yourself from a very big disease. The inoculation experiment is that you get a real view of uh, communism, and then, hopefully, people are like, oh, yeah, no, we don't want that, right? We don't want that, right? That, that we don't want, right? Like the scared straight. I used to read these um, when I was a kid in England. Um, I found, like, a whole mess load of Reader's Digest books, and in them, I remember this very vividly, there was a um, scared straight, you know, like they take these kids going off on the rail, going off the rails, often black kids, and, you know, they put them in, in prisons and people talk about how you got to be someone's girlfriend and how terrible it is in prison, hopefully scare them straight and so on. Well, this is communism, right? Scared straight, right? This is the preacher, right? This is the preacher. Look at that. They're restraining him uh, with a... Um, with a, a, an elbow to the throat. Now, that's the front of the throat, not the back, right? The back of the throat, you can't choke someone out with the back of the neck. Uh, but uh, here, look at this. This guy's just preaching. He's a Christian preacher. And look at that. They're restraining him because, you see, they got so mad about George Floyd that they've decided to restrain someone with an elbow to the front of the neck, which is uh, monstrous. Absolutely monstrous and inevitable, right? Absolutely inevitable. Um, now, last thing, I won't, uh, I won't play all of this. I'll take a couple questions and, again, pledge my eternal uh, love and loyalty to you wonderful people. Uh, but um, let's, uh, let's have a look at this, right? So this, uh, Shelby Talcott, he says, she says, I spoke to a resident of Capitol Hill, the area city of Seattle that is now Chaz. He was terrified and told me that the very lawmakers he supported and elected have abandoned him. This is personal, he says, because this is my home and I don't have cops anymore. And of course, he's, because he's in a, a land of love and tolerance, he has uh, blurred out his face. They've disguised his voice and all of that. And he's, you know, boy, the very lawmakers he supported and elected have abandoned him. 
And here, of course, we get to the joyful land of what is your responsibility, right? So what is what are people's moral responsibility here, right? I mean, maybe people out there um, who are listening to this or who are watching this, and uh, you, may, you may have questions. Whose responsibility is it, right? So this fellow says he's terrified. The very lawmakers he supported and elected have abandoned him. You absolute colossal fool. You absolute colossal, low-brained, dunderheaded, socialist-sucking turd bag of an idiot. Wait, is that too harsh? No, it's not really harsh enough. You voted for far-left politicians and you got communism in your neighborhood. Ha! <laughs> I'm sorry. I really wish I'd come up with some giant sophisticated argument. But basically all I'm going to say is, ha! Ha! It's the sound of your brain dying like an ancient mastodon in a tar pit of fire. You voted for far-left politicians! Of course they're going to betray you. Of course they're going to invite lunatic communists in to destroy your property. Of course they're hostages. And I have a lot of sympathy for the kids in there, a lot of sympathy for the people who maybe are new immigrants who don't know much of the history. But dear God, most of you voted for these idiots. Like the people who voted for Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand. She was like a youth leader in the Socialist Party. She calls everyone comrade. Wow, she's kind of lefty. Yeah! This has got to be the first time where the zebras have had an express invitation from the lions to come and eat them and said, yeah, come on in. Yeah, I'm going to put some marinade on my shank leg. I'm going to lie over. I'm going to raise my throat so you can get at my jugular. I'm not going to put up a fight. Don't worry. I'm not going to kick your jaw lions with my hooves or anything. Come on over. We're all ready to go. Maybe, you know what? I'll tell you what we're going to do, oh lions. What are we going to do? We're not only not going to run for you, not going to kick for you, not going to protect our young. Well, we'll feed you your young first. What we're going to do is we're going to repeatedly run into boobab trees so that the meat around us that, that is around our bones is specifically lovely and tender enough for you because we wouldn't want you having any issues hurting your teeth on our muscles. We don't, like, we want it to be nice and tender for you. This is literally how things are going, is that Communism killed about 100 million people in the 20th century. That's two and a half World War II's. That's more than World War I and World War II combined. That's six... The, the Holocaust is 6% of the death toll of communism. The Holocaust is 6% of the death toll of communism. 6% is very small. 6%. Imagine, you... you, you um, you get a job and you get a salary and then they say, you know what, uh, slip the digit or two, we're only going to pay you 6%. Like, that's bad. That's, that's low, right? Next year, you're going to have 6% of the sex you had this year. <gasps> Why get out of bed, right? <laughs> Why get into bed? Why get... Anyway, wherever you do it, wherever you do it, probably some mermaid thing on top of a fridge. But anyway, so these people, you know, it's really dangerous, right? They say, oh, you know, it's, it's really, um, communism is really dangerous, killed 100 million people. You know what? We're going to vote for a bunch of communists. Oh, my God. After voting for a bunch of socialists, we got communism, and oh, my gosh, that's really horrible. 
the, the, the socialists that we voted for are imposing socialism after telling us they wanted to impose socialism. It's one thing if the lions fool their way into the zebra compound with cunning stripes and all that, but they're announcing that they're lions. The biggest mass murder machinery of the 20th century wants to come to a town near you and start beating up Christians and making sure that there's a black-run, black supremacy ethnostate right in the heart of Seattle. I can't believe bad things are happening. I can't... I'm sorry. I mean, it, it, it's not funny, but seriously, what, are you, what the hell are we going to do? Other than say, you know that thing you wanted? And you know that thing that... that uh, you know that thing that uh, we warned you about, that we said was going to be really bad, and you said that we were Nazis for trying to warn you? You know that thing where the greatest mass human disassembly conveyor belt known to mankind, 100 million dead or more, can't even count it? Can't even count it? Do you know that the range of deaths under communism just in Russia, the range, the low to high estimate, is over 90 million people. Just the range is over 90 million people. In the Soviet Union, the government was the largest cause of death, bigger than car accidents, heart attacks, vodka, cancer. Government, biggest cause of death. Mass murder machinery. And I can't believe how much the world is going to have to suffer until communism has the same reputation as Nazism, until international communism, international socialism, has the same reputation as national socialism, which is why the word Nazi is invented so that you don't have to say socialism, right? They were the German Workers' Party, right? They were a socialist party. And, but they didn't, want the word so, they didn't want the word socialism associated with Hitler, so they called it Nazi. How many people know that it was the German National Socialist Workers' Party? How many people know that Mussolini started as a Marxist? How many people know that Stalin started as a straight-up criminal, bank robber? <sighs> Not enough. They have done a very good job of covering up this history. They have uh, really done horrifying and amazing things in terms of propaganda and uh, cities have been conquered countries have been conquered that have the most astounding weapons countries have been conquered without people firing a shot and the way the way you conquer right i mean you so I mean, there's a bunch of different ways you can do it and you know what no i, I want to make sure i get to you guys questions let me not ramble on uh, too much right so the price of an oil barrel in Chaz is infinity dollars. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, hit the likes button if you could and share and all of that. Um, Caleb sent me here. Your tears taste like mayonnaise. Oh, that's the guy I debated, right? Caleb. Oh, man. What an intergalactic douchebag he was. Oh, man. I've never had a debate like that in my life. And I've been debating. I was like top six debaters in Canada the very first year I did it in college, and I've never had a debate with somebody that relentlessly sandpaper to the gonads douchey in my entire life. 
Um, my favorite moment, I suppose, was when he said, well, yeah, okay, so communism killed 100 million people, although he just referred to it as human rights violations, you know, like they just weren't allowed to associate with who they wanted to, like the living. And he said, yeah, but there was economic, the GDP went up. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, when the Nazis created concentration camps, did their GDP go up? And eventually he had to say yes. So if GDP going up is a good thing, no matter how much suffering, I guess he's pro-Holocaust. Very, very sad. Very, very sad. Should you stay in Seattle or free flee to another location? I don't know if I could reason with folk. Well, um, I mean, I'm a big fan for, for, for stand and fight. I, I obviously can't tell you what to do. I, I, I'm not a central planner, and I'm not tempted by that kind of power. Not that you guys would just do whatever I said, but no, you... you, you um, you got to take a stand ideologically. You've got to take a stand. Like, just don't have people in your life who are communists. Like, if you're a Jew, you don't want people in your life who are Nazis, right? Like, you don't want people in your life who kind of want you dead, right? And if you're anti-communist, you get when the communists, if the communists take over, they're putting, they're doing a double tap in your forehead if you're lucky, right? If you're unlucky, they'll just torture you for a long time and then do it, right? The history of communism, very, very clear. The brutality that is rained down upon those who have opposed communism is absolutely beyond belief. It's absolutely staggering. And you don't want to be in that situation, tell me. I Trust me, like when there were a bunch of, uh, of Russians who were captured by the Germans in the Second World War and they were shipped back to Russia and a lot of the men on those trains would break the windows and slash their own throats and necks rather than go back to the torture and death that awaited them in the gulags for surrendering to the Germans and not being good honorable soldiers and fighting to the death. So don't, don't, don't let it happen. <laughs> Just don't let it happen. Now is the time to really, really take a stand. Could you please explain how to demolish the white privilege? I need help. Okay, so look, white privilege is just invented by the ruling elites to distract us from their real power, right? And it's pretty easy to demolish, right? So let's say privilege is considered to be making more money. Okay, so who makes the most money in countries which are still, at least for the moment, majority white? Well, you've got Jews uh, make the most, uh, East Asians make the next, and then whites make the middle, and then Hispanics make less, and then blacks make even less, right? You think of that sort of five-decker sandwich, right? Uh, Jews, East Asians, uh, whites, and Hispanics, and blacks, it all accords with IQ, and I've gone over this stuff a million times before and all of that, but um, why is nobody talking about East Asian privilege, right? Why is nobody talking about Jewish privilege? These are all very real phenomena. If you consider income to be, you know, who makes more uh, than, than whites is... Um, uh, Hindus, uh, a lot of people from India, because a lot of very talented and smart people are coming uh, over from India, of course, very hardworking, very grateful, uh, very not entitled, which has unfortunately happened to a lot of people in the West. And um, yeah, they make, make a good deal of money. A lot of blacks from East Africa make more money than the average whites in America. So it's, it's, a, mer it's a meritocracy. And so I don't know where the white privilege comes in, in in that, right? You can also say majority privilege, too. Right, but anybody who's not differentiating by, say, Jewish people or East Asians or you know any other sort of demographic slice and dice, where you can examine what is considered privilege, well, that's uh, that's kind of important, right? So, um, 
it's it's really it's a boring topic. I get it's kind of big and and people are really fighting about it at the moment, but um that is a a sort of big issue. Yeah, prisons are sexist. Yeah, yeah, so um I don't think I have the tweet particularly handy, but um I certainly did. It did seem to be quite a um I guess a quite a popular tweet. Let me just see if I can Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. That never happens to me, right? So, yeah, follow me on Twitter, at Stefan Molyneux, S-T-E-F-A-N-M-O-L-Y-N-E-U-X. It is the least friendly name for anybody in the media to have. It could be, I guess, four M's and a silent Q, but that would be about more. So I wrote this on Twitter uh, this morning, 10.45 a.m., that's right, right before my call-in show. 97% of people shot to death by police are male. Men are clearly being hunted by cops. Women are over 50% of the population. Sexism has no place in our society. We cannot rest until these numbers are equalized. Everybody understands, right? Everybody understands. All right. How long until Canada's currency collapses? Well, uh, Canada could be the haven currency for the American collapse. But nothing's better than, nothing is better than the freedom. Yeah, boy, getting to Colin James, man, he is a killer, killer singer and guitarist. Is there any way the U.S. can recover from this amount of division? Not peacefully. Not peacefully, sadly. Uh, the days for those uh, debates are, are, are done and gone, sadly. Uh, Stefan, my police officer cousin was run down by a black man fleeing police after stealing a vehicle. He was deploying spike traps and the man swerved and ran him down. We are hurting. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I am sorry about that. <laughs> I'm not talking about Michelle Obama. His groin. I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry about that. Uh, when is China-USA war going to happen? Well, if it happens, and I doubt it will, it will be a proxy war, something about Taiwan and possibly Hong Kong. Uh, but um, uh, from the server, uh, from the Discord server, please uh, check it out. It's really it's a great community. We have a huge amount of fun there. Um, my daughter has been putting together some uh, trivia questions, which are hilarious, and we do those as well uh, from time to time. You can go to subscribestar.com forward slash free domain and sign up there. So... Someone says, if the murder charge doesn't stick, personally, I think it shouldn't, is it likely to fuel and esca escalate the riots? If so, I don't think it's a reason to make the charge stick. Well, yeah, because they have goaded everybody into acting in haste. And you know the old saying, right? Act in haste, repent at leisure, right? You act in haste and you repent in leisure. So they got everyone to act in haste and they got all the conservatives to, to throw Chauvin under the bus. Oh, it's murder and he's a racist and blah, 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 blah. And... Um, so they overcharged to appease the mob and, and people didn't push back and, the, you know, the line didn't hold. The line has held for year after year after year and the line did not hold. And I don't know why the line didn't hold. I don't know what happened. I don't know why everybody just went nuts after so many of these race hoaxes and it really does look like this one is going to be turning out exactly the same way. Like after, oh my gosh, I mean, just go go through the list, right? After Jesse Smollett... Uh, after Mike Brown, after uh, Trayvon Martin, after, after, after. You get all this kind of stuff. I mean, Ann Coulter has a whole book on this stuff. And for some reason, the line did not hold. I don't know why. 
maybe I mean maybe Fox seems to have, like Fox seems to have com- compromised beyond. I mean Drudge is gone, right? Drudge is completely cucked out, and uh, Joe Rogan has completely cucked out. All that sweet, sweet half Chinese ten cent Spotify cash, and now he's uh, Joe Rogan is all like, oh, I, I it's just a bunch of stupid white kids looking for sneakers. I barely saw any blacks in any rioting, right? So yeah, I mean, the, even Judge Janine, I think, uh, crumbled, and and the line just does not hold. Lost Fox, lost uh, lost Drudge, uh, lost a lot of mainstream media people, and I mean, even this article I was reading, right? Uh, oh, what he did was wrong. It's like, hmm. oh, did even Jared Taylor jump to conclusions? Oh, yeah, I don't know, man. You gotta stand firm with these things. My very first show was massive skepticism about all of this stuff massive skepticism about all of this stuff. And look, I know I took a lot of heat for my coverage of coronavirus. And uh, yeah, it's not nearly as deadly as the early estimates. That's absolutely true. But you got to remember, I never said that the government should stop anyone from going to work. And uh, I never said that um, uh, the government should escalate its power or anything like that. I simply said, hey, if you can stay home for a couple of weeks, that's a pretty good idea till we find out what this thing is. So Stefan, the only way this ends is all-out civil war. Nothing will stop this until one side destroys the other. Debate time is over. Yeah, it's certainly possible. It's certainly possible. Did the Rodney King riots start not after the incident, but after the case failed? Um, I think that there was less a riot at the beginning, and then they really went uh, hog-wild, so to speak, and it was just absolutely brutal. And yeah, for those of us who are old enough for all of this, you know, OJ did it, and Rodney King was a complete asshole who was a high and resisted arrest, so... Uh, the video looked really bad. The facial expression on the cop is what did it. Yeah, but you see, if you're going to burn down your country because a cop looks constipated, I don't know did you get to keep your country or even if you should. Never apologize. No, I don't believe in that. No, 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 no. I got to be honest. I, I mean, my commitment to, with you guys is to be honest. And um, no, if, if I, uh, you know, I went with early numbers and I was skeptical of them as I am with all government numbers, but we had... With coronavirus, we had a virus that seemed to have significant gain of function that did not occur from nature. Like I'm talking specifically about the SARS-CoV-2 stuff, the SARS inserts, the um, uh, the the four AIDS inserts, and so on. So this could have been extraordinarily dangerous. And now it looks like we'll find out another week or two after these um, mass protests. But uh, no, if if uh, if I make mistakes, if I say things that are incorrect, I'm not going to lie to people and pretend I didn't. I was wrong about Christianity. I really was wrong about Christianity. I got a whole series of shows called I Was Wrong About, and I don't think that's weakness at all. I think it's, I mean, my commitment is to honesty, right? What is the Discord? The Discord is a server with uh, video, voice, text, and communities, and uh, it's a whole bunch of people who like philosophy, listen to the show for the most part. And yeah, they run Dungeons and Dragons campaigns, they have charity challenges, they have step challenges, we have call-in shows and uh, all of that. So anyway, is all this just a cover-up for the Epstein web? Well, yeah, that's uh, also quite important as well, right? It's also quite important as well. Is a civil war imminent? I don't think so. I think so... There is going to be a huge amount of escalation that is going to occur prior to the actual election. There will be significant riots should Trump get in again, which I think people are taking way too much for granted. But um, 
Yeah, um, that's where I think that's going to be the case, right? What do you think about the health official not condemning the riots in terms of their credibility, re-COVID and beyond? Oh, yeah, nobody believes any of this garbage anymore. Like, it, although the, the modeling was tragically off in the Imperial College by massive factors, uh, people are at least, they now know that modeling is a lie with regards to COVID, which was only modeling with significant existing data. It was only modeling it a couple of weeks out, and it was complete garbage. So if they can't even get 10 days ahead or 10 weeks ahead, how on earth are they going to figure out what the temperature is in 100 years, right? So, yeah, I mean, health officials all politicize, all garbage. The World Health Organization is a joke, and it's run by a guy who used to run an organization that was a terrorist organization, and oh my God, just crazy. Just crazy. Crazy, crazy stuff. All right. Uh, Let's see here. Watch some Mark Martell and his Queen song covers. You'll be blown away. That guy has got some serious pipes, man. He's a nice, good pianist, too. Uh, yeah, his uh, his uh, cover of um, uh, Look Into My Eyes, You See I'm the Only One. Um, uh, yeah, his, his Queen covers are, are just incredible. And he's got actually a bunch of covers that are, are pretty good. But yeah, that, that man's got some pipes. I mean, there's a, a version of him doing I Think Somebody to Love, and he's giving Celine Dion goosebumps, so. Crazy stuff. Uh, I'm not familiar with Western race relations. Why does it seem the blacks are the the sacred cow that anything racist negative that happens to them has to be largely opposed in comparison to other races? So, I mean, because the communists have infiltrated so much of Western society, their goal from the early 1920s onwards has been to foment race hostilities, racial conflicts, racial tensions in order to weaponize race resentment in order to help destroy the republic. So, yeah, it's um, I've been talking about this stuff for years, and unfortunately, uh, it really is. Uh, it really is. Uh, really is happening. I see more police quitting around the country, making things worse. Oh, absolutely. Oh, you're going to get far worse police coming out of all of this. You're going to get far worse policing coming out of all of this because the smart police are getting out. My God, are you kidding me? Why on earth would you? You, you tried to do stuff by the book, and you can end up getting charged with murder two, murder three, manslaughter. I mean, maybe they'll try and up. I don't know if they went up to murder one as yet. I haven't checked, but yeah, Colin Flaherty, F-L-A-H-E-R-T-Y. He's definitely worth um, worth uh, worth checking out. I loved you playing Doom. You should play and record more games. I will. I will. I really haven't had much time. It's been so much work uh, trying to hold society together as best I can. So let's see here. Did you really sever ties with Nick Fuentes over a joke? I don't have any real ties with Nick Fuentes. He was on my show once. I unfollowed a whole bunch of people. Um, I didn't. Uh, I didn't used to run. Uh, it doesn't really matter. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I just unfollowed a whole bunch of people that I really wasn't following anymore. But uh, no, and it wasn't over a joke. Um, uh, do you see parallels to Rwanda? Are we the Tutsis? Well, sure. Dehumanization of opponents is always prequel to mass murder. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, everyone's a Nazi who's to the right of Chairman Mao and dehumanized. And, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. So Colin Flaherty has two good books. So Don't Make the Black Kids Angry is none, is one, and, and White Girl Bleed a Lot is another. And they're just they're terrifying. Absolutely terrifying, but important to, uh, you know, the other thing too, you know, a lot of people... So the media, uh, there's an old saying, like, I wish, I wish the blacks that I met were just like the blacks on TV, right? Lots of smart, wonderful, great blacks uh, out there. I just had a conversation with a black woman this morning uh, about her love life, a really, really wonderful woman. And 
so but but there is a, a lot of dysfunction in the black community and this is the dysfunction that's erupting is coming through to people in a very vivid way that people haven't seen probably in quite a while and that is um it's really uh, startling for people i think <laughs> thank you for accurately summing up how the chaz makes me feel well they the, the chaz is like a fabric break in reality because they want to consume without producing and the only way they're going to be able to do that is by people stealing from from everyone else and that is going to go go on to provide the illusion that they are producing anything right like the government doesn't make anything so the government prints money and borrows money to give the impression that it can provide value or something like that so Uh, even the Cosby show was about a guy who raped in real life but played a doctor on TV. Everybody loved Cosby in the 80s. Oh, absolutely. I love Bill Cosby's comedy. I, my mom had a couple of records of his. Boy, records, that's going back a ways. And uh, yeah, that was crazy. Uh, it's really, it was kind of heartbreaking because he was, looked like a real stand-up guy and real family guy and all of that. And yeah, just a massive serial rapist. Just horrendous. Will you take the vaccine? I, I don't do 1.0 of anything, man. <laughs> I don't do 1.0 of anything. Do you think A.G. Barr will close and prosecute the Clinton-Obama-Biden deep state cabal ahead of the election? No. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's uh, not, uh, not going to happen. Um, it's not going to happen. Uh, the, the, the entire establishment would, would simply try and destroy him. Mean, look what they did to Kavanaugh, for God's sakes. I mean, they kind of brought him to heel, right? So, um, just rush, rough. Okay, let's see here. Stefan, I understand your reasoning about allowing this to continue so a conservative example to the rest. Are you concerned at all that when Soimalia fails, they will, we may double down and just blame white people as usual? Well, Christ, white people are going to be blamed either way. <laughs> you know, once, once you accept that you're going to be lied about and blamed no matter what, it gives you a certain kind of freedom, man. It gives you a certain kind of freedom that is actually quite important. Um, it's not so much that I have courage. I mean, I think I have maybe a little bit more than my fair share of courage as a whole, but, you know, they started going after me hardcore like 13 years ago with my first articles about like I was running some cult because I told one of my adult listeners that he didn't technically have to spend time with his abusive parents. I remember very specifically said to him, I'm not telling you to leave them. I'm just saying it's possible for you to do so. If they're abusive, you don't have to spend time with them. Next thing you know, I'm running a cult, then just destroying families for fun and profit, right? So it's just, I mean, this is where I am after they have been going after me hard for so long that the lies could almost drive. <laughs> almost, almost, the lies are almost old enough to drive now. Oh, I've been sagging down here, like speaking into this mic, right? I remember being so obsessive about, don't show the mic and the camera, it's bad. It's like, nah, the sound is better. And so many people listen through podcasts and videos are declining through suppression and all of that. So, oh, it's wonderful to see you guys. But um, so there's a certain amount of freedom. Like, what is real freedom? Freedom is not being bound by the opinions of assholes. I mean, if if you can judge the judgers as wanting like the people who think i'm a bad guy well what do i stand for i i stand for non-violence or i stand for the non-initiation of force self-defense is perfectly fine in fact a good thing 
I stand for I'm anti-circumcision, I'm anti-child abuse, I'm anti-spanking, I'm for reasoning with people, I'm happily married, I'm a wonderful father, you can listen to the shows that I do with my daughter and, and how we play with her tadpoles and all kinds of great things. I'm a very nice person, I'm an honorable uh, person, and I really work to tell the truth, uh, and so, I mean, who's going to hate me, right? <laughs> well, bad people are going to hate me because I'm interfering with their plans. So once you recognize that the, flat, the, the, the slings and arrows of outrageous falsehoods is a mark of honor, it's the medal that you get for standing against the interests of evildoers, so... Um, that that's freedom. Freedom is recognizing that those who judge you most often are themselves the most wanting in the conversation. So, all right. One or two more. You guys are too much fun. Too absorbing for me. Too absorbing. Why did you only have one child? Well, that wasn't by choice, uh, sadly, and I won't get into all of the details of that, but I wanted more. Uh, but uh, yeah, I do do shows with my daughter. You can find them. We did a review of Maleficent Two, we did a review of Frozen 2. Um, I haven't released this yet. Oh, no, it is out on Subscribestar, but we've gone through most of the Communist Manifesto. Uh, so the Communist Manifesto for Kids is a show I guess I'll probably put out this week. But um, can't figure Stefan out, says Stephen. Don't try. It's just, what do you care about me? Don't care about me. Care about reason. Care about philosophy. Care about thought. Care about whatever stimulation I can bring to the wonderful wet fair, wetware of your brain. Don't forget about me. It doesn't matter. I'm just some dude, you know, with a, a mic and a, you know, three chords and the truth, as the old song says, right? Uh, fellow says, you are an amazing and wonderful human being, Stefan, and you have helped me out so much in my life. I've made it through some hard times just by listening to your wisdom. That is very, very kind. I really, really appreciate that. That's very kind. Do you think Trump taking a backseat is the wisest move? If so, until December, do you think he'll unleash if re-elected? Why would Trump rush in to save the effects of Democrat policies? Like, Democrat, like people who vote for Democrats clearly haven't listened to reason. And it's not like I'm a big Republican or anything like that. They're just more into freedom of speech, which is my big thing right now, right? Well, always has been, I suppose. So why, like, the people who still vote for Democrats and, you know, Candace Owens and others with their Blexit movement is trying to convince blacks not to vote for Democrats and, you know, making great arguments. And we'll see how far that goes. But the majority of Democrats are just propagandized. Now, people got to hit rock bottom. If, they, if you don't listen to reason, the only thing that will teach you is bitter experience. So why on earth would Trump rush in to save people from voting Democrat? I mean, it, it's terrible PR for him. And uh, if he, he either can't help those cities, in which case, why take the bad PR? Or he can help those country, those, those cities, in which case, why, uh, why, why would he? Why would he? Why, you don't help your enemies, and they're clear enemies. Like, they, they tried to destroy his family, man. They, they, they've arrested his friends. They tried to depose him in a legal coup. Why on earth would he try to help them out at all? I mean, it would be madness to try, and uh, yeah, it's crazy, right? No, 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 no. no you, you want you, you get what you vote for, right? I mean, you, you, you vote for far leftists. They're going to put you, they're going to force uh, uh, COVID patients into your grandmother's uh, old age home. That's just the way. It, I mean, that's the role. And I'm sorry about all of this, you know, but I mean, my conscience is clear. I've been talking about this stuff with people for 30 years now. Yes, I'm that old, right? Yeah, you got to let them fail for them to learn, right? You can't, you can't, uh, you know, bubble wrap your kids and shrink wrap your kids and tie pillows all over them so they never get hurt. That's no way to parents. And yeah, consequences. Consequences are important. 
And shielding people from their consequences is not treating them as moral agents, and that's the harshest and worst thing that you can do to them. Is it possible to start a good relationship with someone you cheated with? I was a cheater. I think part of the reason I did it was because I loved the woman I slept with. We both felt guilty there. Well, you know the old saying, if they'll cheat with you, they'll cheat on you, right? So... Thanks, Josh. You've been listening for 10 years. Great stuff. I really, really appreciate that. What happens when Trump gets out of office in 2024? Well, that all depends on immigration, and it all depends on whether we're allowed to have conversations about IQ or not. So the answer is I don't know, because to say I know would be to be a determinist, which I am not. The left calls everyone that doesn't agree with them, like you, far right. Yeah, that's basic dehumanization, which is the prequel to violence. You understand that, right? All right. Okay, I'm going to close things off for the night. Uh, it is, again, a massive delight to chat with you people. Hey, look at that. We had a record today uh, of, of people watching. Oh, I, I, I'm going to start again, but better. <laughs> I'm going to do it better this time. More analogies, more giggling. All right. Well, listen, thanks, everyone, so much again for dropping by. Uh, such a great pleasure. And freedomain.com forward slash donate to help out the show. Listen, if you don't have a lot of money right now and you can't donate, I have no problem with that whatsoever. Please, please keep on to your money. Don't Donate to me anything you need for bus fare, whatever you do. Uh, if you could like, share, subscribe, fantastic. If you find me too hot a property, I don't just mean pretty, though, of course, that's taken for granted. But if you find me too hot a property to share, that's fine, too. Just share the ideas, share the arguments. You don't have to credit me at all. Uh, share the articles. That's fine, too. But um, love you guys so much. And um, have yourself a great, great evening. And... Um, I guess we'll go to our epilogue. Yeah, we'll go to our epilogue. I've got a bit more of a uh, a better outro now. Well, it's a shorter outro. But yeah, lots of love from here. Freedomain.com forward slash donate. Thanks for a great, great evening of conversation. And uh, I'll talk to you soon.